ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so i believe we left off at the مسائل for the last chapter طيب فضل بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين اللهم بارك في شيخنا واحفظه وارفع قدره للمسلمين اجمعين اما بعد uh, this topic containing the greatest and more important most important of issues that is the explanation of tawhid and the explanation of the shahada is detailed further with clear examples in subsequent chapters among such examples the ayah of al isra containing a clear refutation of the mushrikeen who call upon the righteous in this is the proof that such behavior is major shirk and so for the masail normally what the sheikh mentions is just short line benefits from every chapter now he's actually mentioning more of a, an explanation to what has proceeded so he's saying that the masail that are mentioned in the bab are the major masail in in, in tawhid and that everything that comes after them is an explanation then he starts with minha ayatul isra ayatul isra he means ulaik alladhina yad'una yabtaghuna ila rabbihim alwasilata ayyuhum aqrabu wa yarjuna rahmata so this verse the reason why the shaykh rahimahullah mentioned it is because it explains tawhid how remember we took two reasons for the or the scholars the mufassirun they say this verse was revealed regarding two reasons First, there were those who used to worship and call upon the angels and call upon uh, the prophets and the righteous individuals or righteous people. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling them, Ya ibadah, Ya mushrikun, or Ya O people, you are worshipping those who themselves are worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَيَجْدُونَ رَحْمَتَ They want the mercy of Allah jalla wa ala and uh, they, they're hoping in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And they fear the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So what they fell into was shirk From the angle of They did not free themselves From worshipping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The next Or the, the second uh, interpretation was That there were a group of jinn And these mushrikun Idol worshippers Used to call upon the jinn Lakin the jinn accepted Islam and the jinn began to call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as any normal muwahid person of tawheed would do. Like in these misguided people were still calling upon uh, these individuals. And the shaykh says, And there's a clarification in it that that is major shirk. The ayah of Bala' at Tawbah explaining that the people of the book took their rabbis and monks as lords other than Allah. And it explains that they were commanded to only worship one God. So it clearly refers with no doubts to obeying their learned and pious in sin. It does not refer to the calling upon them. And this second verse, uh, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions Surah Al-Baqarah, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَتَّخِذُ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ أَنْدَادًا يُحِبُّونَهُمْ كَحُبِّ اللَّهِ Allah Jalla wa Ala mentioned لا, the other one so what is this uh, Surah al You said Baqarah. Did you say Baqarah? I thought you said Surah Al-Baqarah. Okay. اتخذوا أحبارهم ورهبانا أقبابا من دون الله والمسيح بن مريم. So what they did was, Allah Jalla wa Ala said that they took them as lords. 
How did they take them as lords? They obeyed them in that which was halal and that which was haram. That's why Ati radiallahu anhu, he said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah, we did not used to worship them. Because according to him, he thought worship was what? When you make sujood to someone or when you call upon someone. He thought that that was ibadah. So the Prophet sallallahu said to them, whatever they made halal, did you not make halal as well? Although it was haram. He said, yes. طيب, whatever they considered to be haram, did you not say it was also haram? Although in reality it was halal. He said, yes. Then the Prophet sallallahu said, tilka hi Then that is the worship that is being talked about. So the Prophet sallallahu or the Shaykh rahimahullah, explained Tawheed from another angle, which is what? At-ta'a, at-tahleel wa tahreem who is the one that has the right to legislate what is halal and what is haram? Allah Jalla wa ala. Yet they gave it to who? Naam. They gave it to their monks and their rabbis. So they've given a right to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The right of Allah Jalla wa ala to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in all of these examples, they've done taswiyah to ghayrillah billah. What will the mushrikun say yawm al-qiyamah? Tallahi in kunna lafi dalalim mubin. Limada? إِذْ نُسَوِّيكُمْ بِرَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Oh, yeah, they will say we were in clear misguidance. إِذْ at a time when we used to call upon نُسَوِّيكُمْ uh, We used to make you equal to, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tafadl. By Al-Khalil, um, by Al-Khalil saying to the disbelievers, Surely I am innocent of what you worship except for the one who created me. He made an exception for his Lord among those who are worshipped. And Allah mentioned this this avow and this allegiance as the meaning of a testimony to La ilaha illallah. He said, and he made it a com a commandment remaining among his offspring that perhaps they may return to. Naam. Then the the third verse the Shaykh mentioned, Rahimahullah. He changed the order. Lakin the second verse was in reality the one of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Lakin he says that Ibrahim alayhi salam he said to his people, Innani bara'um mimma ta'budun. Verily I am free from that which you are worshipping. He negated what? In order to establish Tawheed here, he negated all forms of ibadah from other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he says, إِلَّا الَّذِي Then he affirmed for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all types of ibadah. So he in reality has what? Mentioned or has acted upon the meaning of La ilaha illallah Muhammadun Rasulullah La ilaha illallah al So that is an explanation of Tawheed, which is La ilaha illallah. And we already studied in the last chapter that Ad-du'a ila shahadatiyan la ilaha illallah. Ay ila Tawheed illa subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya'ni calling to the Tawheed of Allah jalla wa'ala. Fadl. The ayah of Al-Baqarah where Allah said about the disbelievers and they will not come out of the fire. He mentioned that they love the rivals as they love Allah, showing that they had a great love for Allah. Yet they did not enter into Islam. So what about one who loves the rival more than he loves Allah? And how about the one who loves the rivals but not Allah? Now, so this the Shaykh is saying now, Rahimahullah, the verse, This verse relates to or is referring to those mushrikun who would love partners as they loved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in another narration or in another interpretation, they loved their partners like what? Like the believers loved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it based on that, the shaykh says, Rahimahullah, So it shows, the verse shows that they love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That love 
did not enter them into Islam. Why? Why did that love not enter them into Islam? Because there was shink in it. It was not al-hub al-khalis. It was not sincere and pure love. طيب. Then the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, فَكَيْفَ بِمَنْ أَحَبَّ النِّدَّ أَكْبَرْ مِنْ حُبِّ اللَّهِ If that is the case for the one who loved Allah and loved the idols, how about the one that loves the idols more than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَالْعِيَادُ بِاللَّهِ فَضَلْ the saying of the Prophet ﷺ, whoever says La ilaha illallah and disbelieves in what is worshipped other than Allah, his wealth and blood is unlawful and his reckoning is with Allah. This is among the greatest explanations of the meaning of La ilaha illallah for he did not make the meter, the mere utterance of, of its shelter for one's blood and wealth, not even knowing its meaning and its utterance, nor its acknowledgement, nor even that he does not call upon any but Allah alone without partners, not but he did not declare his wealth and his blood unlawful until he attached Attached to that, the disbelief in which is worshipped other than Allah. So if he doubts this or hesitates, his blood and wealth are not unlawful. Right. So Hasm what is... Hasm so the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, he's explaining the last verse, last hadith, in which the Prophet said, whoever says, La ilaha illallah. Like in the Prophet did not stop there. He mentioned two conditions that have to be found at the same time, simultaneously, have to be met for one's wealth, blood, and honor to be haram or sacred. The Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, that he mentioned the hadith, La ilaha illallah, that's the first condition. That's the second condition. So it is not enough that a person says, La ilaha illallah, and does everything that contradicts La ilaha illallah. That's why some of the scholars, they mentioned that the eighth condition of La ilaha illallah, obviously you've studied the conditions of La ilaha illallah, how many are there? Seven. Some of them mention an eighth one, مثلا حافظ الحكم رحمه الله. He mentions an eighth one, which is الكفر بما يعبد من دون الله. Disbelieving in everything that is worshipped besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Sheikh says, فَإِنَّهُ لَمْ يُجْعَلْ أَتَلَفُّضُ بِهَا عَاصِمًا لِلْدَّمِ وَالْمَالِ by just uttering it, that did not make it a reason for their blood to be preserved and a reason for their blood, blood and wealth to be sacred. Rather, they had to add بَلْ وَلَا مَعْرِفَةُ مَعْنَاهُ بِمَعْنَاهُ بَلْ وَلَا إِقَرَّهُ بِذَلِكَ وَلَا كَوْنُهُ وَحْدُهُ بَلْ لَا يَحْرُمُ مَالُهُ وَدَمْ حَتَّى يُضِيفَ إِلَى ذَلِكَ Rather, their wealth and their blood will not be sacred until they add on to that الْكُفْرُ بِمَا يُعْبَدُ so in reality, those people who worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like in they do, they call upon the dead. Have they disbelieved in other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? La. Therefore, their la ilaha illallah is as good as not even being there. So Because they haven't fulfilled the second condition. خلاص? طيب. The next chapter. باب من الشرك لبس الحلقة والخيط ونحوهما لرفع البلاء أو دفعه. وقول الله تعالى قل أفرأيتم ما تدعون من دون الله إن أرادني الله بضر هل هن كاشفات ضره كاشفات ضره الآية هل هن كاشفات ضره طيب this chapter refers to what was the repeat the chapter title again please باب من الشرك لبس الحلقة والخيط صح in English Wearing bracelets and cords, etc., to remove afflictions or to seek protection is a form of shirk. Naam. So the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, min shirk and from shirk. If you go back to the last chapter, go back to the last part. 
Let's uh, see what's ahead. Where was the last part? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Uh, where's that? Um, uh, where's that? Where's that? Was it not on the chapter that we just studied? Tafsir al-Tahir was not on that chapter. Eh, وَشَرْحُ هَذِهِ تَرْجَمَةً وَمَا بَعْدَهَا مِنَ الْأَبْوَابِ See where the Sheikh says, رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ وَشَرْحُ هَذِهِ تَرْجَمَةً وَشَرْحُ هَذِهِ تَرْجَمَةً مَا بَعْدَهَا مِنَ الْأَبْوَابِ نعم وَشَرْحُ هَذِهِ تَرْجَمَةً And the explanation of this, explanation of what? Tawheed. مَا بَعْدَهَا مِنَ الْأَبْوَابِ that which comes after it in the chapters. Remember I said to you when we were on that point that all of the chapters that come after this point onwards, they now explain what? Shirk. And, uh, they explain Tawheed and explain Shirk. Or clarify Tawheed and clarify Shirk. So up to now, those six chapters that have proceeded that we've already studied, they were like an intro. They were like an intro. So now we're going to study what is considered Shirk, when it is Shirk, and what is Tawheed? Or what consider what what yani the conditions of Tawheed for Tawheed to be met and so on and so forth. So that's why the Sheikh says Rahimahullah in this one, Babun Mina Shirki from Shirk. From Shirk is wearing amulets and uh, what was it? And bracelets and cords dafihi to remove hardship. What what do they use? Affliction and to seek protection. To remove, it's rather more general. Like in to remove So this chapter refers to, and the Sheikh is saying that from Shirk is wearing bracelets, charms, or anything of the sort for two reasons. So lam to remove affliction or harm or difficulty or trials and tribulations to remove it or to prevent it or to prevent it. So this chapter and the next chapter are very similar. And hopefully if we get time we'll finish the second chapter as well. So this chapter is connected to the Kitab of Tawheed. This chapter is connected to the Kitab of Tawheed because this chapter is connected to the Kitab of Tawheed, the Book of Tawheed, because it clarifies what is Shirk. And it clarifies, it clarifies some types of Shirk and warns against it. And this shows the reality of Tawheed. And this shows the reality of Tawheed. That's why the poet says, So when you know something, then you'll know the opposite of it. So if I give you a simple example that you can all comprehend, if you know what hot is, you'll know what cold is. If you know what? Health is, you know what? Illnesses. If you know what uh, daytime is, you know what? 
Now, so now the Shaykh is saying, Rahimahullah, Mina Shirk from Shirk. So these things that he's about to mention, once we know why they are Shirk, then you will understand what Tawheed is. Then you will understand what Tawheed is. طيب. Then the Shaykh says, Rahimahullah, Babu Mina Shirk, Lubsul Halqati, Wal Khayti, Wanahwihima. Maqsudu Tarjama. Sorry. The maqsud or the reason of this tajama or the meaning of it is or the reason why the sheikh placed it bayanu anna lubsal halqati wal khaydi bayanu anna lubsal khaydi or halqati wal khaydi wa nahwihima lirafi'il balai أو دفعه من الشرك. بس. The Sheikh in this chapter wants to tell you, يا عبد الله, I want you to know in this chapter that wearing amulets, talisman, cords, good luck charms, in order to protect yourself or in order to remove harm from yourself. Whether it's the evil eye, whether whatever type of illness, in order to move that, or remove that, or protect you from it, then that is shirk. Is that understood? That is what the sheikh wants to tell you now. When the sheikh says rahimahullah, wanahwihima, uh, he says li dafi, li rafil balat to remove hardship or affliction. And to prevent it. The difference is that a raf'u, when you lift something up, it means when you move something away or when you are better from it, when you get better from it. So it is dalabu izalatil bala'i ba'da wuqu'ihi. So you will only have raf'i once you are ill. So for example, may Allah protect us and all of the Muslims. If a person has the evil eye, Upon him In order to Do du'as and so on To get rid of it That is called Araf You're now wanting to remove it Then the next word that the sheikh says Or to protect it In the first place Even before it comes to you Then that is To prevent it even happening To prevent it even happening so that is the meaning of this tangjama so the sheikh is saying if you wear any of these things that have just that we've just mentioned in order to protect yourself from the get-go so that it doesn't happen to you or in order to remove the illness from you then that is from shirk before going into the verse I want to mention about two or three principles that will help us, or two or three masail rather, that will help us understand this chapter. If we understand these three, four points, then the rest of the chapter and the next chapter will just be a matter of reading. And that is often known as ta'seelul mas'ala. That is called ta'seel al-mas'ala which is laying down the foundations of the mas'ala as it is 
So we're going to lay down the masail ta'seelul mas'ala qabla sharh al-adilla before explaining or mentioning the evidence or the evidences that the sheikh mentions. And the benefit of that is in this short introduction you will understand different types of reasons why people wear these amulets or talisman or good luck charm uh, these uh, luck charms and when it becomes shirk al-akbar and when it becomes shirk al-asghar once you know that then the other evidences will be easier to understand it's just a matter of reading it so first and foremost there are three rulings with regards to wearing amulets, 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 talisman, uh, good luck charm, bracelets, and so on and so forth. Three reasons, or three ahkam from this angle. Number one. أن يلبسها معتقدا أنها تدفع أو ترفع البلاء بذاتها underline that بذاتها فهو شرك أكبر لأنه أشرك في ربوبية الله تعالى لأنه أشرك في ربوبية الله تعالى and that means that first principle or that first ruling is that a person wears these things and you know what I mean by things now صح that a person wears these things Believing, believing that it itself, that the actual thing itself prevents or, rem or removes afflictions. That is major shirk. Because he has associated partners or because they have associated partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his rububiyyah, in his lordship. Who can explain that first? Who can mention that line again in English? If, the, if a person wears these amulets and so on, believing that the thing itself Nah. Prevents or after it happens removes the ayn or the illness Then it is major shirk But why? They have committed shirk in the rububi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala In the lordship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Tawheed, uh, uh, Tawheed was how many types? Three Tawheed, Uluhiyya, Rububiyya Nah. What was Tawheed al-Rububiyyah? 
Afanillah, to single out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his beautiful actions, to believe Allah alone creates, to believe Allah Jalla wa'ala alone protects, to believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sustains, provides, sends down rain and so on and so forth. To believe in the actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If a person believes that other than Allah Jalla wa'ala creates, then they have fallen into what? Shirk. But what type of shirk? Rububiyah. That's what this person has done. And where have they committed in the Lordship of Allah? They believe that who is the one that, in, according to the, the Muslim, the Tawheed of the Mu'min, who, is the, who brings illness to the believer? To everyone. Allah Jalla wa'ala. Who protects them? Who removes illnesses? If I am ill, then Allah Jalla wa'ala is the one that cures me, as Ibrahim alayhi salam said. So that is what the believer believes in. Lakin this person that wears these things believing that it itself protects him from harm's way, then they have given that haq of lordship to, to of Allah Jalla wa'ala to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is that understood? طيب. The second rule in an yalbisaha mu'taqidan يلبسها يلبسها أن معتقدا أنها سبب أنها سبب لدفع أو رفع البلاء فهو شرك أصغر فهو شرك أصغر لأنه جعل ما ليس لأنه جعل ما ليس بسبب سببا وعلق قلبه به وعلق قلبه به why am I saying in Arabic? Because I want you to try at least writing it in Arabic. Even if you're not proficient in the Arabic language, at least try to write it down. At least try to write it down. And inshallah, in a few years' time, or even less than that, when you understand the Arabic language and you're able to speak it, you'll see your notes and you'll see how far you've come. This second one means that a person wears these things, these charms and amulets and talismans and so on, Believing that it is a suburb, a reason, underline that, underline that part. Believing that it is a reason for being protected against, for the protection against, or the removal of afflictions this is minor shirk this is minor shirk because he has made a means 
out of something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not make a means. So this person, he wears these bracelets. Lakin he believes it is merely a reason. It is only a reason for protection or removal of harm. It is a reason, a means for protection against all removal of harm. Has, have you understood that? So that's why he's wearing it or that's a definition of this person. The ruling is that it is minor shirk. The ruling is what? Minor shirk. The third part of the sentence is Limada, why? Why is it minor shirk? The reason is because he has made something a means that Allah did not make a means. Did not make a reason for protection against harm or removal of harm. And we shall see that in the next mas'ala. So for example, mathalan, the Quran is a cure, sah? Dua is a cure, right? So if you are ill, what would you do? You make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Has Allah not made dua a reason for you to be cured? Sah? Yes, sah? Lakin has Allah Jalla wa Ala made, made you or made wearing these bracelets a cure against all, all forms of illnesses? La. So that is why it is minor shirk. What is the difference between this one and the first one? Who knows? Now, so the first person believes that these are reason, whatever he's wearing, itself comes with the cure. So he's given the haqq of rububiyyah to other than Allah Jalla wa'ala. The second one has what? It's only a means. It is a means. I believe in Allah Jalla wa'ala. Allah Jalla wa'ala is the one that brings harm. Allah Jalla wa'ala is the one that removes harm. Lakin, these are only a means. That is minor shirk. Is that understood? The third, an yalbisaha lizinati. That a person wears it for beautification. That a person wears it for beautification purposes. Wahada jaizun. Wahada jaizun. Ma lam yakun fihi mahdurun shari. وَهَذَا جَائِزٌ مَا لَمْ يَكُنْ فِيهِ مَحْضُورٌ And that is permissible as long as there is no or there is nothing that contradicts the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for example, a person wears a bracelet for beautification purposes. What is the ruling on this? Huh? Jaiz, it is permissible. Sorry, I should have explained it. The third one is that a person wears bracelets, watches, cords, amulets for beautification purposes. Wears these things just for beautification purposes. The ruling of this is that it is permissible. As long as there is nothing that contradicts the sharia. 
For example, a man wearing a gold bracelet. What is the ruling of this? Haram. Not because of wearing a bracelet, like because it is what? It is gold. Or a man wearing a woman's bracelet. That is haram. Why? Because there's tashabbuh bin nisa, there's resemblance of nisa. So that is why it is haram. Not that it is haram to wear from the get-go. So these are three reasons, especially the first two, are, that are, we're going to need throughout the chapter and the next chapter. Is that understood? طيب. The next mas'ala is qa'idatun fil asbab. Right? Qa'idatun fil asbab. A principle, an important principle, qa'idatun muhimmatun, an important principle. With regards to questions after, yeah? Questions after at the end. A principle of important principle related to means and causes. Asbab. Ithbatul asbab il muathirati. Ithbatul asbab il muathirati. Alati dalla alayha ashar'u. أو التجربة الظاهرة مشروع وجائز مشروع وجائز وإلا فلا وإلا فلا What is the point of writing illa fala? Abdullah. It's an exemption. Like it, it saves you from repeating the whole sentence again. illa fala. And you'll find that a lot in the books of fiqh. You mention, they, they mention the whole sentence. illa fala. If not, then la. Instead of saying if not, then kada wa kada wa kada wa kada. Repeat the whole sentence. illa fala. And the qa'ida means to affirm the reasons or causes that have an effect to affirm the reasons or causes that have an effect that, it, that are legislated according to the sharia that are legislated according to the sharia or have been proven or have been proven to work Either in a lab or through experience, either in a lab or through experience, then these means are permissible. These means are permissible and are legislated. And if not, then they are not legislated. If not, what? Who can repeat the whole sentence again? If not, what? If it is not found in the Sharia, if it hasn't been proven in the Sharia, or in terms of medicine, for example, it hasn't been proven in terms of medicine or experience, then it is not permissible. طيب. You've written the qa'ida down, the principle. The explanation of this principle simply means that Allah has legislated things in the Sharia that are a means for medicine or for a means for getting better. Earlier on I mentioned dua. Right? 
if a person raises his hands, if a person who's ill raises their hands and they make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, are we going to say they have fallen into shirk for Rububiyyah, in the, they have fallen into shirk in the Lordship of Allah? No. Are we going to say they have made a means, something that isn't a means? No. Why? Dua, is it not legislated? It is legislated. Read in the Quran on oneself, Ruqiyah. Has it been legislated or not? It has been legislated. Therefore, because it has been legislated, if a person reads Quran on themselves, then that is permissible, rather it is legislated. It is permissible and it is legislated. Is that understood? So that is a means according to the Sharia. Mathalan, for example, another thing that the Sharia legislates is uh, the Prophet wasallam. a group of people came to him and they were complaining of stomachache. Hadith al-Uraniyin it's called. They were complaining of a stomachache. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, go to the shepherd over there. He's got camels. Mix the urine of those camels with their milk. Mix their what? Their urine and their camels. The, the milk. They did so and they got better. Alhamdulillah. طيب. Based on that, if a person uses this as a means to get better from any sort of illness, have they committed shirk? No. Have they believed in something that hasn't been legislated? Like they've done something that has been legislated in the sharia. Is the first part of the qa'idah understood? طيب. The second part of the qa'idah is something that has been trialed and tested. For example, if a person has a headache and they take paracetamol, painkillers, can we say, Anta mushrikun, you are a mushrik? No. But paracetamol is not found in the Quran and the Sunnah. Why are they not a mushrik? Because it has been tested and it has been found to what? To work. And it is something that, that is mainstream, widely known and practiced. Is that understood? طيب. What if a person says to you, Mathalan, a certain illness and there's a vaccine that prevents a person from getting that illness. If they take that vaccine, have they committed shirk? No. Why not? Because that is something that has been established according to tajriba, to experience and by way of medicine. So that is permissible. Is that understood? طيب. What about if a person says, listen, every time you get a headache, get mud and rub it on your head. Every time you get a headache, get mud from the park, Hackney Marshes, and then rub it on your head. You'll be better. It worked for me two years ago. Is that permissible? No, it is not permissible. طيب. If someone contradicts these two ways of affirming causes and means that are legislated and permissible, then they have fallen into what? Shirk al let me ask you now A person has got the evil eye Or a person fears the evil eye They go to the local Islamic bookshop And they go and buy A brown bracelet Made of plastic And they put it on In order to protect them from The evil eye they believe that this is a reason and a means of protecting them from the evil eye. 
What is the ruling of this act? Asbab, he believes it is a reason, a sabab, a reason for being protected from the evil eye. Asghal? No, no, listen to the question. Asghal. He believes it's a sabab, it is a reason. Another one, his brother, two hours later goes to the shop, buys the same item, and says that this item I'm going to wear it because every time I wear it, it act, or anyone that wears it, it protects a person from the evil eye. No one has ever worn it and got the evil eye. So it itself, it itself protects from the evil eye. What is the ruling of this? Sheikh al-Akbar. What is the difference between the two? This is a reason and a means. So his problem is that he has made a means something that Allah hasn't legislated and he has connected his heart to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is that harms his tawheed al-uluhiyya but it is minor shirk the second Nah, he gave the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of being able to bring harm and cause harm and remove harm to this actual thing this item that is why that person has fallen into Major shirk is that understood? طيب. Another qaida is Husul al Musabab. Husul al Musabab. La yadullu. Husul al Musabab. La yadullu ala jawazi sabab. Husul al Musabab. La yadullu ala jawazi sabab. Ida lam yadullu alayhi. Ida lam yadullu alayhi. الشرع أو التجربة الصحيحة الظاهرة إذا لم يدل عليه الشرع أو التجربة الصحيحة الظاهرة طيب The next is attaining the means attaining taking means attaining the actual thing that you wanted doesn't show that it is not permissible doesn't show that it is permissible doesn't show that it is permissible unless the sharia or trial or it's been trialed and it's tested and experience shows that it works so for example a person cannot say pay attention a person cannot say listen i've been wearing this for 10 years and I haven't had the evil eye once Why can't they say this? Because Just because They've been protected from the evil eye It doesn't show That this is the thing that protects it from it Also Just because they haven't Been afflicted with the evil eye It doesn't mean that it is permissible to wear this For example if a person goes to a grave, and they call upon the dead, they make dua to the dead, and they say, oh Allah, grant me children. A person hasn't had children for 20 years. He goes to the grave of a righteous individual and he says, ya fulan, give me children, bless me with children. 
And then one year later, or even less, he's blessed with triplets. Why did he go to the grave? To make dua for children. He has now got the children, what he called for. Does this show that making dua for going to the grave and making dua is permissible? No, of course it doesn't. Of course it doesn't. For example, if something that is haram, for example, if someone sells haram, if someone sells things that are haram and he makes an enormous profit, can he turn around and say, listen, it must be okay because I'm making an enormous profit? No, of course not. And that is very important to understand because a lot of times they will say, or the grave worshippers, they will say, listen, people have been going to this grave for the last 13 years. And every time a person has asked for something, they've gotten what they wanted. We say to them, what? This principle. Right. So that is a summary of the Masail. So based on that, as a summary, if a person wears these things as a summary, write down as a summary or in summary, if a person wears good luck charms, cords, amulets, talisman, or any other bracelet, believing that it is a reason for him to be protected from affliction and illnesses, then they have fallen into shikul asghar. They have fallen into minor shikul. And if they believe that wearing these things protects them from, and these things actually protect them from harm's way, then they have fallen into what? Shukul Akbar. They have associated partners in the Rububiya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is that understood? From now, even if we fold the book and we go home and you read the book on your own, you've understood it. It's understood. And always try to do that. Even when you're teaching and when you're studying and you're reason, studying and revising, try to summarize the principles relating to that cha chapter or the Masail first. Have an overall general understanding. And then you can go on to the Messiah. Is that understood? Type. Read the first verse again, Sahib, please. Read it in English as well, please. Allah said, Say, have you seen those that they call on besides Allah? If Allah decreed harm for me, would they be able to prevent the harm? Type. Allah Jalla wa ala in this verse, that's inkari, tell me. The Prophet is being told to tell them. These things that you're calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if Allah Jalla wa ala wants harm for you, if Allah Jalla wa ala wants harm for you, are they able to 
or Allah Jalla wa'ala wants harm for you Are they able to remove this harm? Are they able to remove this harm? Al-jawab la yaqdirna ala dhalika Al-jawab the answer is la yaqdirna ala dhalika wa ma hunna bikashifatin that is the answer the answer is no ya Allah these things that they are calling upon besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cannot protect them from the harm that you have decreed the harm that you have decreed so this verse shows that calling upon these this, these dead things or the calling upon these things besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to remove harm is not a reason that Allah has legislated calling upon these things to remove harm or to bring benefit is not something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated la shar'an wa la qadran not according to the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not according to the shari'ah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shari'an meaning the Quran and the Sunnah qadr meaning by way of experience and norm and what we've come to know through the ages so these things do not protect nor do they remove harm they don't protect against harm nor do they remove because Allah hasn't legislated where's the mahal shahid here? The mahalu shahid, the benefit, the point of evidence from this verse is the fact that Allah is rebuking them and refuting them and asking them these things that you're calling upon Allah other than Allah. Can they protect you? If Allah wants harm for you, can they remove it? The answer is what? La. Likewise, these things that you're wearing, that's where we can, that's where the mahalu shahid is. That's why the Sheikh brought it. Likewise, anyone who wears these things in order to protect or to remove hardship then it is not legislated and it is not permissible for him to do so because Allah hasn't made it a means because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not made it a means Shaykh ibn Uthaymin rahimahullah he says وَشَاهِدُ مِنْ هَذِهِ الْآيَةِ and the point of evidence from this verse and هَذِهِ الْأَصْنَامِ that these idols that they are calling upon لَا تَنْفَعُ أَصْحَابَهَا it, don't, it doesn't benefit it, the people that are calling upon it The graves And these idols that they are calling upon It don't benefit the people They don't benefit the people that are calling upon it They can neither bring benefit or prevent harm So it is not reasons for protection or removal of harm is that understood? فَيُقَاسُ عَلَيْهَا And we do analogy And we also use عَلَيْهَا كُلُّ فَيُقَاسُ عَلَيْهَا كُلُّ مَا لَيْسَ بِسَبَبٍ شَرْعِيٍ أَوْ قَدَرِي Likewise is the case of everything that Allah hasn't legislated in the Sharia or we haven't found out by way of the Qadr by way of things working and tajriba and medicine and so on so taking it as a means 
is considered ishraqan billah, is considered shirk billahi subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this verse, Allah is rebuking the mushrikun, saying to them, you're calling upon these things, like in, can they remove harm? The answer is what? Huh? La, they can't remove harm. Likewise, the, the sheikh mentions it here because he's saying these things that you're wearing, they're not a protection for you. If Allah wants harm for you, then it will come to you. If Allah wants you to be better and to be protected from evil and hardship, then you'll be protected by will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not by way of these amulets. Is that understood? Next hadith. And Malad ibn Hussein, may Allah be pleased with him. May Allah be pleased with him. Reported that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam saw a man with a brass bracelet on his upper arm. He said, "What is this?" He said, "It is for protection against wahina." He said, "Take it off. It will only increase your weakness. For if you died died whilst it was on you, you would never have success." This was recorded by Ahmed, who is a chain narrator, without a problem. Nam. So this hadith. The Prophet ﷺ saw a man and he had on him a bracelet, a brass bracelet. And he said to him, the Prophet ﷺ said to him, Ma hadihi, what is this? Then the man explained why he was wearing it. He said, Min al-wahina. Wahina is a type of illness that happens to the bodies, to the joints or the muscles of the person. And the Arabs, or the, the, the Arabs during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, they would wear these chains or bracelets as a protection from the illness. They would wear these chains as a protection or bracelet as a protection from that specific illness. So when the Prophet ﷺ saw him, he knew why he was wearing it. Like in the Prophet ﷺ asked him, into, like as if he's condemning him. Then the, when the man told him why he was wearing it, the Prophet ﷺ said, Inzi'ha, take it off. Take it off. For verily, if you die, it will only increase you in weakness. For verily, it will only increase you in weakness. And not only that, like in Not only will it increase you in weakness, like if you die on it, then you will never be successful. So the Prophet said it will increase you in weakness. How does it increase a person in weakness? If a person gets used to wearing these things and they somehow one day forget it, they will feel as if they are without protection. They will feel vulnerable. Even though it wasn't what? It wasn't actually doing them anything. And when the Prophet says, if you were to die wearing it, you won't be successful. If a person is not successful in the Akhirah, what are they? Huh? They're in the state of loss. So they die as a mushrik. So if a person wears these things, believing that they themselves protect them from harm's way, then they have fallen into major shirk. So when it says, uh, you will never be successful, meaning there's no chance that you'll be successful, meaning your end abode and your beginning abode will be the fire. However, if a person wears it, making it a means, then we say, Ma aflahta 
you will not be successful we say that they that is a partial state of loss they are in a partial state of loss meaning they will enter the jahannam of allah as a purification and then they will come out and enter into the jannah why is that because that is shirk al-asghar remember last week or the week before we studied the differences between major shirk and minor shirk so this hadith the mahalu shahid is that the prophet told him to take it off it will increase you in weakness not only that lakin if you die on it you will never be successful that is the mahalu shahid so when the prophet is saying in zihad that is a command so you say the prophet commanded this man to take off the the, the 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 bracelet that he was wearing as a protection so he told him he commanded him to take it off and he also told him that he will never be successful that shows that wearing it is haram and that wearing it is shirk طيب. carry on and he also has a marfu' report from and that hadith is da'if by the way that previous hadith go and he also has a marfu' report from Uqbah ibn Amir Whoever wears a charm may Allah not protect him And whoever wears a shell may Allah not protect him And in one narration whoever wears a charm he has committed shirk Say that again, repeat it From the beginning No And he also has a marfu' report from Uqbah ibn Amir Whoever wears a charm may Allah not protect him And whoever wears a shell may Allah not protect him And in one narration whoever wears a charm he has committed shirk طيب. Whoever the charm bit, can I read it in a bit? Like, hold on. Wallahu and for him, the same narrator, and Uqbat ibn Amir, and Ahmed, yani. Marfu'an. Marfu' means what? It is raised to the Prophet. Something that the Prophet said. Doesn't have to be sahih, doesn't have to be ta'if or nothing. Marfu' just simply means that it is attributed to who? To the Prophet ﷺ. And the one that is attributed to the companion or the narration that is attributed to the companion is called Mawquf. Mawquf. Mawqufun ala Umar, Mawqufun ala Ibn Abbas and so on. And the one that is attributed to the Tabi'i is called Qultaha. So the Prophet ﷺ said in this hadith, whoever connects or wears whoever points or, or connects or hangs a tamima a tamima a charm tamima is ismun jami'un likulli ma ulliqa ismun jami'un likulli ma umliqa a tamima is ismun jami'un likulli ma ulliqa liraf'i albala'i أو دفعه أو جلب المصلحة. أي تميمة is اسم جامع لكل ما علق لرفع البلاء أو دفعه بجل أو جلب المصلحة. طيب أي تميمة is amulet or a charm. Anything that is worn or a person hangs up somewhere in order to protect from harm 
in order to protect from harm or in order to remove harm or in order to bring benefit that is what a tamima is is that understood so for example if a person wears a chain a amulet or a charm a good luck charm whether it's a bracelet whether they put it on themselves or whether they hang it up in the wall or whether they put it up in their door on their door or whether they put it behind them in the shop sometimes have you seen when you go into a shop sometimes they have a blue eye behind the shop behind the counter who's seen it Sah. these are called what tamaim they're called tamaim and the reason why they wear it on their body or hang it up in the car and sometimes it could be a person hanging it up in their car where you put the air freshener the mirror where the rear view mirror is or they could put it up in the shop or even in front of their house as a protection or in order to bring some sort of benefit that's a tamima is that understood type so the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever wears that, or وَمَنْ تَعَلَّقَ وَدَعَةً And wada'a is seashells. Seashells. So it is wada'a is the plural, and the mufrad is wada'a. The mufrad is wada'a. And it is أَحْجَارٌ أَحْجَارٌ تُؤْخَذُ مِنَ الْبَحْرِ أَحْجَارٌ تُؤْخَذُ مِنَ الْبَحْرِ يعلقونها يعلقونها لدفع العين يعلقونها لدفع العين so wada' as it mentions in the hadith are seashells that they create a necklace of seashells as a protection from harm or to remove harm or as a sign of or something to use for safety and as security or to bring about benefit to bring about benefit so whoever puts these things on the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said what la fala atamma lahu fala atamma allahu lahu may allah jalla wa ala not grant him that which he wore it for so that is a curse from the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that is a curse from the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam where he's cursing this person so for example if a person wears something as a protection against the evil eye, the Prophet cursed them and said, may it not be a protection from the evil eye. May he not be protected from the evil eye. So if the Prophet is cursing the person that is wearing these things as a form of protection, is that not a sign that it is haram? Bala, it is a sign that it is haram. So these are the things that the hadith refers to. And this hadith is da'if. Like in the meaning of it is sahih. طيب. So if a person wears these things, what ruling do they have? Someone put your hand up. Put their hands up. Whoever's got the answer. Depends. Depends. Excellent. On what they believe. When does it become major shirk? When does it become minor shirk? Protects. Nah. If a person believes that this thing that they've hung up on their door or this thing that they've worn or even connected themselves to 
by way of their heart, connected themselves to this specific thing, believing that it brings harm, benefits, it saves a person, and so on and so forth, then that is major shirk. Because they've given a right of Allah, of Rububiyyah, His Lordship to other than Allah. If they believe it is a means, then it is what? Naam. And you hear that all the time. I've left my uh, good luck uh, and his socks. I've left my good luck shirt. I've, le- I've left my good luck uh, pen or something like that. You hear that all the time, sah? So it has increased them in weakness because they believe that they're not going to be able to answer correctly in the exam if they don't have that good luck pen. Sah? So that is the different rulings that it connects, that it has. Wafiri wa'ya, sah? Uh, in reality, it's meant to say, don't change it from the book as it is. Like on top of it, say, because it is a different hadith. It is a different hadith. If a hadith is different to the hadith that was before it, you don't say, and the reason is because there are two different hadiths. So for example, that's a hadith, صح? Can I say And in another narration, the Prophet said, whoever introduces into this affair of us. Why can't I say it? Two different hadiths. But if I say In a hadith it says Intentions and in another narration it says with the intention. Now I can say wa fi riwaya. Why? Because they're the same hadith but different narrations. So the scholars, Mashaykh Rahimahumullah, they mentioned that this should be it's a hadith that is mustaqil. The Prophet said, whoever hangs a tamima. What is a tamima? A charm. That is worn as a way of protecting it from something or as a way of bringing about some sort of benefit. Whether they connect it to themselves, they wear it, they hang it on, uh, they, they, they you put it on their neck or their arm or someone else or the children or the house or the car, then they have committed shirk. The Prophet said, فَقَدْ أَشْرَكَ Then verily, they have fallen into shirk. Ibn Abi Hatim recalls... As for what type of shirk? As for what type of shirk, it goes back to those two reasons. Go on. Ibn Abi Hatim recalls that Hudayfa saw a man with a cord for protection protecting against fever on his arm. So he cut it up and recited Allah saying, Allah saying and most of them do not believe in Allah without committing shirk. This is another hadith, another narration by Hudayfa radiallahu anhu. From Hudayfa radiallahu anhu. That Hudayfa saw a man wearing a, a charm. And he said to him, or the reason why he was wearing it is from a po- to protect him against poisonous bites. طيب. 
Then Huzayfa radiallahu anhu, he cut it from him. In it we see that man ra'a minkum munkaran radiallahu anhu was able to change this evil with his hand. So he did so radiallahu anhu. And then he recited the verse of Allah وَمَا يُؤْمِنُ أَكْثَرُهُمْ بِاللَّهِ إِلَّهُمْ مُشْرِكُونَ So this hadith, this narration is authentic but without the narration but without the recitation recitation of the verse. Right underneath it, this narration is authentic but without the recitation of the verse at the end. وَتَلَى قَوْلَهُ And he read the verse of Allah and Many of them do not believe in Allah except that they are mushrikun. So the narration is authentic, lacking without the recitation of the verse. Lakin the mahalu shahid, or the point of evidence, is that Hudayfa radiallahu anhu, he saw it as something that was not permissible to do. So he cut it off. And the verse also mentions, وَمَا يُؤْمِنَ أَكْثَرُهُمْ بِاللَّهِ إِلَّا وَهُمْ مشركون. This verse, Allah says that they believe in Allah, but they commit shirk. Read the verse again in English, please. And most of them do not believe in Allah without committing shirk. Don't believe in Allah, but committing shirk. Is there not contradiction? Huh? No? Why? No. Most of them do not believe. Allah tells us about the mushrikun. Most of them do not believe, except... That they are mushrikun, except that they are committing shirk. They don't believe in the oneness of Allah. Okay, so they're mushrikun in that sense. But what do they believe in? Excellent. They believe in the rububi of Allah. وَمَا يُؤْمِنُ أَكْثَرُهُمْ أَيْ فِي رُبُوبِيَةِ اللَّهِ Believe in the Lordship of Allah. They believe in the Lordship of Allah. إِلَّا وَهُمْ مُشْرِكُونَ لَكِنْ they are مُشْرِكُونَ Except that they are مُشْرِكُونَ Meaning in the Tawheed of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. See how long we spent on the verses? How long? And the evidences? 20 minutes or so? Because we understood the principles. خلاص. Next chapter. We'll go back to the Masai'in. Important points, the danger of wearing bracelets and cords and similar items. That if the wearer dies with it, with it on, he will not succeed. This supports a statement of the companions that minor shirk is worse than major sins. Mm. That ignorance is not an excuse for this. Mm. That it will not bring any benefit in this life, only harm. Since he, sallallahu alayhi wa said, it will only increase your weakness. The and, heart that, and that you won't be, you won't be successful. The harsh rebuke of whoever does something like this. It explains that when someone wears one of these things, he becomes entrusted to it. Nah. When a person wears these uh, these things that they wear uh, as a form of protection, they will always rely on that. And Allah says, If a person relies on, upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah is enough for them and is sufficient for them. Like if a person relies on these amulets, are they sufficient for him? No, of course not. The explanation that someone who wears a charm has committed shirk. No. As for the type of shirk, then it goes back to their reason. The explanation that wearing a cord for fever is the same. No, it's not permissible. 
Hudayfa's recitation of the ayah proves that the companions used to quote ayat about minor sh- major shirk as proof against minor shirk as Ibn Abbas did with the ayah of Al-Baqarah. Naam. So Hudayfa radiallahu anhu mentioned or uh, the verse that of Allah Jalla wa'ala that he recited وَمَا يُؤْمِنَ أَكْثَرُهُمْ إِلَّا وَهُمْ مُشْرِكُونَ That's with regards to the kuffar. That's major shirk. Lakin he read it for a person who was committing minor shirk only as a means. Like, what is the connection between that and this? The fact that they're both shirk and the fact that this person has connected himself to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That wearing a shell for protection against the evil eye falls into the same category. Nah. So anything that is worn to protect oneself from the evil eye or any other type of illness, it is haram. Supplicating against the one who wears a charm that Allah does not give him protection and for the one who wears a shell, may Allah not protect him. This means may Allah abandon him. Naam, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet made the, made the dua against the person that, uh, that does it, that wears it for other than Allah Jalla wa'ala sake. Tafadl. Babu ma jaa fi ruqya wa tamaim. Fi ruqya wa tamaim. Tayyip. The Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, Babu, read the chapter, the title. Babu ma jaa fi ruqya, fi ruqya wa tamaim. In English. What is said about ruqya and charms? Tayyip. Go back to the last chapter, read the header of the last chapter. Wearing wearing bracelets and cords, etc. to remove afflictions or to seek protection is a form of shirk. Does anyone know that, uh, can anyone spot any difference between the two? Minashing. So in the first chapter, or the, the chapter that we've just studied, the sheikh explicitly mentions minashirk from shirk. Is lubsul halakati wal wearing these things to prevent protect oneself. Here he says, Babu The chapter relating to what? That which has come regarding ruqya and amulets. Is that understood? Here the Sheikh hasn't given a hukum. He hasn't given a what? A ruling. Why has the Sheikh not given a ruling? Naam, there are different types of ruqya and there's different types of tamaim that we shall see that the shaykh talks about in the chapter. And that shows the knowledge of the shaykh, rahimahullah, and he was an imam and the fact that he was like Imam al-Bukhari in laying down his chapters. So he says now, he made it general. And it's up to you once you read the chapter to, to know which is shaykh and which isn't. So this chapter, maqsudu, a tagjama. The maqsood or the objective of this tagjama. Bayanu hukmi ruqa wa tamaim. The objective of this chapter is to clarify to you the ruling on where on ruqya and tamaim amulets. And amulets. So the Sheikh wants to clarify that ruling to you. What is the connection between this chapter and Kitab al-Tawheed? In, in, for Tawheed in general, there are things that harm one's Tawheed. There are things that decrease one's Tawheed. And then there are things that totally get rid of one's Tawheed. So this chapter deals with those things that could possibly get rid of one's Tawheed in totality. Like it deals with those things that could possibly harm and cause it to be deficient. 
cause what to be deficient? The tawheed of an individual. So that is the connection between the chapter and the title. The chapter and the book of tawheed. Ruqa, or the ta'rif of it is ad'iyatun ruqya. Ruqa is the plural. Ruqya is the singular form. It is ad'iyatun wa alfazun tuqalu aw tutla thumma yunfathu fiha لتحصين المقر عليه أو شفائه طيب Why are we explaining Ruqya? Because that's the title of that the Sheikh mentions Ruqya is أدعيةٌ It is duas وألفاظٌ and wordings It is supplications and wordings that are said out or recited so ruqya is supplications or wordings that are said or recited that a person blows into to protect the one that it is being recited on to protect the one that it is being recited on or to cure him or to cure him so that is the meaning of ruqya to protect Al-Maqri alayhi, the one that it is recited upon, or shifa'ihi, or to protect, or to cure him, or to cure him. And a tamima simply means, or a tamima, or tamaim, kullu ma yu'allaku, or kullu ma yu'allikuhu al-insan, كُلُّ مَا يُعَلِّقُهُ الْإِنسَانِ Everything that a person hangs لِجَلْبِ نَفْعٍ أَوْ دَفْعِ ضُرٍ لِجَلْبِ نَفْعٍ أَوْ دَفْعِ ضُرٍ Everything that a person hangs, whether it's on their body, in their house, in their car, on the door, on another child, on their children, to bring about some sort of benefit or to protect them from some harm. So that is the ruqa that the shaykh mentions rahimahullahu ta'ala rahmatan wasi'ah طيب the ruling of ruqya the ruling of ruqya if a person believes anyone that wants it in Arabic ask me to write it down later on sometime during the week inshallah I'm going to say it in English now so in order to speed up if a person believes that ruqya itself That ruqya itself protects or brings about benefit. Or if a person calls upon other than Allah in this ruqya, then it is major shirk. Then it is major shirk. 
So if a person is reading ruqya on someone and they're calling upon other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect this person or to cure them, then that is major shirk. If a person believes that it is a reason, this ruqya that they are doing, that consists of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, Du'as that are found in the Qur'an, or Qur'an that is the Qur'an of Allah, or du'as that are found in the Sunnah. If they are reading that, and they believe it is only a means, and that Allah Jalla wa'ala is the one that cures, then that is legislated and it is permissible. That is legislated and that is permissible. And thirdly, if a person is reciting things that are unknown, they're speaking gibberish and words that are unclear in, in Arabic or other than Arabic, then that is muharram, that is not permissible, then that is not permissible. So ruqya in general, as a general ruling, it is permissible if a person believes it is only a means. The Prophet said, لا بأس ما لم يكن فيه There is no harm in ruqya as long as there is no shirk in it. So what is the difference between ruqya and tamima? Ruqya is basically something you recite. Tamima is what? Something that you hang on yourself, hang on your children, hang on your family members in your house or whatever. طيب. Uh, no. right. With regards to tamaim, there are different rulings for it. These things that have been hung. If a person believes that these things that they are hanging are a cure within themselves, that they are the ones that bring the cure. Then that is shirk al-akbar. Then that is major shirk. Then that is major shirk because he has committed shirk in the rububi of Allah. If they believe that these things that they are hanging on their house or on their body or anything or anyone that they love or their home, if they believe that they are a means for protection, then that is minor or major. Minor shirk, they believe that it is a means. طيب. The third thing is, if a person hangs Qur'an, a person hangs Qur'an on themselves. For example, sometimes you will find something which is called ta'weez. Some people call it ta'weez. So they've got a small, small, like um, a shell. And they... Those people that do ruqya, they put Qur'an on it or put, write Qur'an on it and they put it inside and then they usually hang it on children or a person, an adult himself or they leave it in the car or in the home, wherever it may be Qur'an only then you will find among the Salaf that they differed on this you will find from among the Salaf difference of opinion And the general principle is, say, a general principle is if the Salaf differ over 
a mas'ala, then we take the one that is stronger and closer to the evidence. The one that is closer to the evidence. And here, in this mas'ala, what mas'ala? Ta'weez. Something that hanging Qur'an or putting Qur'an in a small shell and put it on your body or whatever. And in this mas'ala, the stronger opinion it is, the stronger opinion is that it is haram. Because the Prophet said, Man tamimatan faqad ashraka. Man whomsoever. Whomsoever, that's am, general. Ta'allaqa tamimatan. Hangs a tamima. An amulet or a charm. Faqad ashraka. Verily they have committed shirk. Did the Prophet make an exemption for Quran in this hadith? La. Therefore, it is not permissible on that note. Therefore, it is not permissible on that note. So, tamaim, how many rulings does it take? Three. The first, shirk al-akbar. Second, asghar. Third, haram. Haram. Tayyip. Carry on reading. It is reported in the Sahih from... Abu, Abu Bashir al-Ansari, may Allah be pleased with him that he was with Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam during some of his travels. So we dispatched, dispatched someone with the directive that he should not leave any camel's neck with a charm necklace. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he sent a messenger. طيب, and he said to him, when, the Prophet, when he was leaving, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, لا يبقينا, لا يبقينا. You do, do not leave a what? Charm? On a camel's neck. On a camel's neck. Do not leave any charm, any tamima, on a camel's neck. Carry on. With a charm necklace or any necklace without breaking it. Naam. Without any necklace or any bowstring or anything that was put there as a form of protection. Whether it's seashells, whether it's amulets, luck, good luck charms and so on. So the Prophet ﷺ said to this companion, if you see, so he sent him out, if you see any camel that has these necklaces that are worn in the Arabs during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, they were only worn as a form of protection. It was known that it was worn as a form of protection. So the Prophet said to him, what? Destroy and get rid of. Don't kill the camel. What did he tell him to do? Kill the camel? La, just get rid of the necklace. Get rid of the necklace. So that shows the fact that the Prophet is saying get rid of it shows that it is, a, it is, a, uh, it is compulsory to get rid of because the Prophet prohibited from leaving any tamaim on the necks of these camels. On the necks of these camels. Taib. Two masail connected to this. The hadith says, Fi raqabati ba'irin. Raqaba, the neck of the ba'ir. Any necklace connected to the neck of the ba'ir. Do we understand from that that if it's connected to the leg or the top arm, forearm, that it is permissible to leave? No. So why is it said why does it say raqaba? That's what they did. That is often called, and write this down, هذا خرج مخرج القالب. 
هذا خرج مخرج الغالب طيب that was the norm that was what was known لكن it doesn't specify it to that specific position or that place anywhere else whether it's the arm leg whatever it may be مخرج الغالب who can give me an example of that وغبائبكم اللاتي في حجوركم in this verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the men that which those women that are haram for him to marry from those women that are haram for the person to marry is his stepdaughters a man is not allowed to marry his stepdaughters is that understood his wife's children from a previous marriage obviously that's understood right but Allah says في حجوركم that live in your homes صح does that mean if your stepdaughter doesn't live in your home that you can marry her? لا. They say this the ulama they say هذا مخرج مخرج الغالب. طيب. Also بعير. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned the camel. Does that mean that it is only the camels and we can leave it on the cows and sheep and cars? We can leave it on that? لا. Again هذا خرج مخرج الغالب. Again. So even in your car, your bicycle. Any form of transport, your home, wherever it may be, placing something on there as a form of protection is shirk. Whether it's major or minor, and it is not permissible. And the Prophet ﷺ prohibited us from doing so. And he commanded his companion to cut it off. Carry on. Ibn Mas'ud, may Allah be pleased in him, said, I heard Allah's Messenger ﷺ saying, Ruqya, charms, and to... Tiwala al-shirk Recorded by Ahmed Tiwala Tiwala Tayyip So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said From this hadith of Abdullah ibn Masood He said Inna ruqa Wattama'ima Verily ruqya You know what ruqya is by now Wattama'ima You know what tama'ima Wattilawa Wattiwala Tiwala Is a form of magic That is practiced And that was practiced And still is practiced In which a person asks the magician to perform on another person that he or she loves so that they end up loving them. Sometimes wives do it on men, on their husbands, so that they can love them and they can't get married again, for example. Sometimes it's the other way around. So it is a form of shirk, a form of sihr, a form of magic that we shall see, inshallah, in the chapter of sihr. So that is what tiwala is. And it's called as-sarf wal-adf. As-sarf to take away, wal-adf and to bring together. Who can tell me where we've studied that? Whoever knows, put your hand up. Everyone should know. Taib, Azhar. Nawaqad al-Islam, excellent. What, what, which one? As-sihir, naam. So the Shaykh, rahimahullah, Muhammad al he mentions it back then. And that happens, it's, it's something that is haqiqi, it's real, it's something that exists And the Sheikh will mention it again, in, we're going to study in uh, the chapter of Sihir Is that understood? So the Sheikh says, rahimahullah, that all of these are shirk Lakin, can it not be said, inna ruqa, ruqa wa tamaim, why are they shirk immediately? The answer is, a ruqa the alif and the lamb in there and the tama'im so we studied that there's a type of ruqya that is not shirk right but we also studied there's a type of tama'im that is not shirk 
طيب لكن the ألف and the لام in رقى والتمائم is العهدية العهدية meaning the one that we spoke about the type of رقية that we spoke about that is شرك and the type of تميمة we spoke about that was شرك that's the one that the hadith is referring to and that is why the sheikh mentioned it so he says it is شرك also tiwala is شرك because it is a type of سحر it is a type of سحر طيب and from Abdullah ibn Ukaim is the marfu' report whoever depends upon something he is entrusted to it نعم. whoever depends on something relies upon something then he is what? entrusted entrusted with it with that thing so for example Allah is sufficient for us huh? so we rely upon who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you rely upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why tawakkul is a form of ibadah. Relying upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a great form of ibadah. If you rely upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what will happen? Then Allah is sufficient for you. Like in the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying, here, man ta'allaqa bi shay'in, or man ta'allaqa shay'an, whomsoever connects himself to something, anything, shay'an is nakira, anything, whatever it may be, if it's a person that they connect themselves to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, an amul, a charm, a luck, a luck charm, or whatever it may be, a bracelet, whatever it may be, they connect themselves to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wukila ilayhi. Then it is him and that thing. Meaning he it is outside of the reliance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is the mahalu shahid, whereby this person is left alone by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whomsoever, and you can write this down in Arabic, وَمَنْ وُكِلَ إِلَىٰ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ هَلَكَ وَمَنْ وُكِلَ And whoever is entrusted إِلَىٰ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ In other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with other than Allah, هَلَكَ He is destroyed. وَالْأَسْبَابُ الْمُؤَدِّيَةُ And the reasons, the causes or the means that lead to الْهَلَاكَ Destruction مُحَرَّمَ أَوْ حَرَّمَ وَالْأَسْبَابُ الْمُؤَدِّيَةُ إِلَى الْهَلَاكِ مُحَرَّمَةِ And those things that lead to something that is haram or that destroys, sorry, some, those things, those means that lead to something that destroys a person, then it is haram. So if you're entrusted in with other than Allah, then you're destroyed. Imagine relying upon a human being. You rely on a human being in totality and independently, away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and a week later they die. What are you going to do? Khalas. The one that you relied upon is dead now. Even worse than that, rely upon things that can burn. Things that can be lost within a split second. Taib. Tamaim charms are things that were put on children to ward off the evil eye. So that is similar. So Tamaim. The salaf, some of the, some of, uh, some people practice it in order to, they put it on children. And it contains Quran in order to protect them from the evil eye. Carry on. Some of the salaf made an exception for it if it contained something from the Quran Naam. while others did not. Naam. So some of the salaf, if that tamima was or contained Quran, some of the salaf said it is permissible. Lakin the stronger opinion is what? It is not permissible due to the Hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He said Man Tamima Tanfaqat Ashraka Taib Carry on 
while others did not still consider it among the prohibited among the latter was ibn mas'ud may allah be pleased with him Naam. so ibn mas'ud radiyallahu anhu he, he said him and his him and his students all believed that it was to be haram ruqya is that which is known as azaim incantation if it is proven to be free of shirk, then Allah's Messenger وسلم, permitted it in the case of the evil eye and for poisonous things. Naam, so we've studied that part. Tiwala is something that they did with the claim that it makes a woman more loved by her husband or vice versa. Taib, we've studied that as well. Ahmed reported from Ruwayfi' that Allah's Messenger وسلم, said to me, O Ruwayfi', perhaps you will live a long life. So tell the people, whoever ties his beard or wears a necklace or cleans himself with the droppings of animals or bones, then surely Muhammad is innocent of him. Naam. So the Prophet وسلم, said to a companion that, Ya Ruwayfi', it may be that you will long live long. And he did live long. He said, tell the people that whomsoever places strings or cords or a charm around their neck, as a form of protection, like they used to do in Jahiliyyah, then فَإِنَّ مُحَمَّدًا بَرِئُ مِنْهُ Then Muhammad is free from him. Then Muhammad is free from him. So this hadith shows that the Prophet ﷺ told this companion that if a person hangs something on themselves as a form of protection from any harm, then they are free from Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and that is a sign of it being a major sin. Because if the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, "Ana minhu," I am free from him, then that shows the severity of the sin. Because the Prophet freed himself from that person, it shows the severity of the sin. Because the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam freed himself from this sin so it could be a main minor shirk if they are doing it as a means wearing it as a means and it could be major shirk so if the prophet freed himself from it it could be in totality if they if it is shirk al-akbar and it could be a partial freeing himself sallallahu alayhi wasallam from this individual go on sa'ad ibn jubayr said whoever destroys Sa'id ibn Jubayr said, whoever destroys people's charms, he is like one who has freed a slave. Naam. Sa'id ibn Jubayr radiallahu anhu, he says, who is one of the former students of who? Abdullah ibn Abbas. Abdullah ibn Abbas. And he was killed by who? Al-Hajjaj ibn Yusuf. Taib, and Hajjaj died about a month after him. Taib, so, the, so he said radiallahu anhu, wa rahimahullah, whoever cuts off an amulet or a talisman or a luck charm, from another person, it is as if they have liberated them or have they have, it is as if they have freed them. Where's the connection? The connection is Abdullah or Sa'id ibn Jubayr radiallahu He's saying to us, if you cut an amulet off someone or a charm off someone, you are freeing them from the shackles of shirk. You are freeing them from the shackles of shirk. And you are freeing them from destruction. It is as if, therefore, it is as if you have saved him. It is as if you have freed him from slavery. When you free a real slave, you've freed him from what? Being a servant, a slave to someone else. When you cut off a charm or something of the sort of a human being, 
you've taken them from being a servant and to that specific thing that idol or that charm or whatever it may be they were connected to this thing you've taken them out of that into the vastness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is that understood so you've ripped it off their arm or their neck and you have taken them and freed them from the shackles of shirk it is as if you have been a reason taking them out of the fire into the jannah of Allah Jalla wa ala. from the anger of Allah to the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and there's a statement after it sah? and with him from Ibrahim who said they objected to all types of charms whether they contained the Quran or not so Ibrahim, Ibrahim al Nakhai, who is the students of one of the students of Ibn Mas'ud from the Tabi'een, he said, They used to dislike the Tama'im, all of the Tama'im. Min al Qur'ani, whether it contained Quran or other than Quran, Quran, and other than Quran. Lakin it's not if you've got the Arabic version, right? Under, where it says yakrahun, underline it. Kanu yakrahun. Ay kana haraman indahum. Ay kana haraman indahum. I.e. it was haram. Because now, you know when you study fiqh and someone says something is makruh, what does it mean? Something that if you do it, you won't be sinning, but if you leave it off, you'll be rewarded. Like, and that wasn't the meaning according to the words of the salaf. I dislike that it means it, according to them it was something that was haram and that shows that it's important